Chapter Two of a Dissertation Concerning the Nature of True Virtue by Jonathan Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Two Showing How That Love Wherein True Virtue Consists Respects the Divine Being and Created Beings. From what has been said, tis evident that true virtue must chiefly consist in love to god the being of beings infinitely the greatest and best of beings this appears whether we consider the primary or secondary ground of virtuous love it was observed that the first objective ground of that love wherein true virtue consists is being simply considered and as a necessary consequence of this that being who has the most of being or the greatest share of universal existence has proportionably the greatest share of virtuous benevolence so far as such a being is exhibited to the faculties of our minds other things being equal but god has infinitely the greatest share of existence or is infinitely the greatest being so that all other being even that of all created things whatsoever throughout the whole universe is as nothing in comparison of the divine being and if we consider the secondary ground of love that is beauty or moral excellency the same thing will appear for as god is infinitely the greatest being so he is allowed to be infinitely the most beautiful and excellent and all the beauty to be found throughout the whole creation is but the reflection of the diffused beams of that being who hath an infinite fullness of brightness and glory god's beauty is infinitely more valuable than that of all other beings upon both those accounts mentioned that is the degree of his virtue and the greatness of the being possessed of this virtue and god has sufficiently exhibited himself in his being his infinite greatness and excellency and has given us faculties whereby we are capable of plainly discovering immense superiority to all other beings in these respects therefore he that has true virtue consisting in benevolence to being in general and in that complacence in virtue or moral beauty and benevolence to virtuous being must necessarily have a supreme love to god both of benevolence and complacence and all true virtue must radically and essentially and as it were summarily consist in this because god is not only infinitely greater and more excellent than all other being but he is the head of the universal system of existence the foundation and fountain of all being and all beauty from whom all is perfectly derived and on whom all is most absolutely and perfectly dependent of whom and through whom and to whom is all being and all perfection and whose being and beauty is as it were the sum and comprehension of all existence and excellence much more than the sun is the fountain and summary comprehension of all the light and brightness of the day if it should be objected that virtue consists primarily in benevolence but that our fellow-creatures and not god seem to be the most proper objects of our benevolence inasmuch as our goodness extendeth not to god and we cannot be profitable to him to this i answer one a benevolent propensity of heart is exercised not only in seeking to promote the happiness of the being towards whom it is exercised but also in rejoicing in his happiness even as gratitude for benefits received will not only excite endeavours to requite the kindness we receive by equally benefiting our benefactor 
but also if he be above any need of us or we have nothing to bestow and are unable to repay his kindness it will dispose us to rejoice in his prosperity two though we are not able to give anything to god which we have of our own independently yet we may be the instruments of promoting his glory in which he takes a true and proper delight as was shown at large in the former treatise on god's end in creating the world chapter one section four whither i must refer the reader for a more full answer to this objection whatever influence such an objection may seem to have on the minds of some yet is there any that owns the being of a god who will deny that any love or benevolent affection is due to god and proper to be exercised towards him if no benevolence is to be exercised towards god because we cannot profit him then for the same reason neither is gratitude to be exercised towards him for his benefits to us because we cannot requite him but where is the man who believes a god and a providence that will say this there seems to be an inconsistence in some writers on morality in this respect that they don't wholly exclude a regard to the deity out of their schemes of morality but yet mention it so slightly that they leave me room and reason to suspect they esteem it a less important and a subordinate part of true morality and insist on benevolence to the created system in such a manner as would naturally lead one to suppose they look upon that as by far the most important and essential thing in their scheme but why should this be if true virtue consists partly in a respect to god then doubtless it consists chiefly in it if true morality requires that we should have some regard some benevolent affection to our creator as well as to his creatures then doubtless it requires the first regard to be paid to him and that he be every way the supreme object of our benevolence if his being above our reach and beyond all capacity of being profited by us don't hinder but that nevertheless he is the proper object of our love then it don't hinder that he should be loved according to his dignity or according to the degree in which he has those things wherein worthiness of regard consists so far as we are capable of it but this worthiness none will deny consists in these two things greatness and moral goodness and those that own a god don't deny that he infinitely exceeds all other beings in these if the deity is to be looked upon as within that system of beings which properly terminates our benevolence or belonging to that whole certainly he is to be regarded as the head of the system and the chief part of it if it be proper to call him a part who is infinitely more than all the rest and in comparison of whom and without whom all the rest are nothing either as to beauty or existence and therefore certainly unless we will be atheists we must allow that true virtue does primarily and most essentially consist in a supreme love to god and that where this is wanting there can be no true virtue but this being a matter of the highest importance i shall say something further to make it plain that love to god is most essential to true virtue and that no benevolence whatsoever to other beings can be of the nature of true virtue without it and therefore let it be supposed that some beings by natural instinct or by some other means have a determination of mind to union and benevolence to a particular person or private system which is but a small part of the universal system of being 
and that this disposition or determination of mind is independent on or not subordinate to benevolence to being in general such a determination disposition or affection of mind is not of the nature of true virtue this is allowed by all with regard to self-love in which good will is confined to one single person only and there are the same reasons why any other private affection or good will though extending to a society of persons independent of and unsubordinate to benevolence to the universality should not be esteemed truly virtuous for notwithstanding it extends to a number of persons which taken together are more than a single person yet the whole falls infinitely short of the universality of existence and if put in the scales with it has no greater proportion to it than a single person however it may not be amiss more particularly to consider the reasons why private affections or goodwill limited to a particular circle of beings falling infinitely short of the whole existence and not dependent upon it nor subordinate to general benevolence cannot be of the nature of true virtue one such a private affection detached from general benevolence and independent on it as the case may be will be against general benevolence or of a contrary tendency and will set a person against general existence and make him an enemy to it as it is with selfishness or when a man is governed by a regard to his own private interest independent of regard to the public good such a temper exposes a man to act the part of an enemy to the public as in every case wherein his private interest seems to clash with the public or in all those cases wherein such things are presented to his view that suit his personal appetites or private inclinations but are inconsistent with the good of the public on which account a selfish contracted narrow spirit is generally abhorred and is esteemed base and sordid but if a man's affection takes in half a dozen more and his regards extend so far beyond his own single person as to take in his children and family or if it reaches further still to a larger circle but falls infinitely short of the universal system and is exclusive of being in general his private affection exposes him to the same thing videlicet to pursue the interest of his particular object in opposition to general existence which is certainly contrary to the tendency of true virtue yea directly contrary to the main and most essential thing in its nature the thing on account of which chiefly its nature and tendency is good for the chief and most essential good that is in virtue is its favouring being in general now certainly if private affection to a limited system had in itself the essential nature of virtue it would be impossible that it should in any circumstance whatsoever have a tendency and inclination directly contrary to that wherein the essence of virtue chiefly consists two private affection if not subordinate in general affection is not only liable as the case may be to issue in enmity to being in general but has a tendency to it as the case certainly is and must necessarily be for he that is influenced by private affection not subordinate to regard to being in general sets up its particular or limited object above being in general and this most naturally tends to enmity against the latter which is by right the great supreme ruling and absolutely sovereign object of our regard even as the setting up another prince as supreme in any kingdom 
distinct from the lawful sovereign naturally tends to enmity against the lawful sovereign wherever it is sufficiently published that the supreme infinite and all-comprehending being requires a supreme regard to himself and insists upon it that our respect to him should universally rule in our hearts and every other affection be subordinate to it and this under the pain of his displeasure as we must suppose it is in the world of intelligent creatures if god maintains a moral kingdom in the world then a consciousness of our having chosen and set up another prince to rule over us and subjected our hearts to him and continuing in such an act must unavoidably excite enmity and fix us in a stated opposition to the supreme being this demonstrates that affection to a private society or system independent on general benevolence cannot be of the nature of true virtue for this would be absurd that it has the nature and essence of true virtue and yet at the same time has a tendency opposite to true virtue three not only would affection to a private system unsubordinate to regard to being in general have a tendency to opposition to the supreme object of virtuous affection as its effect and consequence but would become itself an opposition to that object considered by itself in its nature detached from its effects it is an instance of great opposition to the rightful supreme object of our respect for it exalts its private object above the other great and infinite object and sets that up as supreme in opposition to this it puts down being in general which is infinitely superior in itself and infinitely more important in an inferior place yea subjects the supreme general object to this private infinitely inferior object which is to treat it with great contempt and truly to act in opposition to it and to act in opposition to the true order of things and in opposition to that which is infinitely the supreme interest making this supreme and infinitely important interest as far as in us lies to be subject to and dependent on an interest infinitely inferior this is to act against it and to act the part of an enemy to it he that takes a subject and exalts him above his prince sets him as supreme instead of the prince and treats his prince wholly as a subject therein acts the part of an enemy to his prince from these things i think it is manifest that no affection limited to any private system not dependent on nor subordinate to being in general can be of the nature of true virtue and this whatever the private system be let it be more or less extensive consisting of a greater or smaller number of individuals so long as it contains an infinitely little part of universal existence and so bears no proportion to the great all-comprehending system and consequently that no affection whatsoever to any creature or any system of created beings which is not dependent on nor subordinate to a propensity or union of the heart to god the supreme and infinite being can be of the nature of true virtue from hence also it is evident that the divine virtue or the virtue of the divine mind must consist primarily in love to himself or in the mutual love and friendship which subsists eternally and necessarily between the several persons in the godhead or that infinitely strong propensity there is in these divine persons one to another there is no need of multiplying words to prove that it must be thus 
on a supposition that virtue in its most essential nature consists in benevolent affection or propensity of heart towards being in general and so flowing out to particular beings in a greater or lesser degree according to the measure of existence and beauty which they are possessed of it will also follow from the foregoing things that god's goodness and love to created beings is derived from and subordinate to his love to himself in what manner it is so i have endeavoured in some measure to explain in the preceding discourse of god's end in creating the world with respect to the manner in which a virtuous love in created beings one to another is dependent on and derived from love to god this will appear by a proper consideration of what has been said that it is sufficient to render love to any created being virtuous if it arise from the temper of mind wherein consists a disposition to love god supremely because it appears from what has been already observed all that love to particular beings which is the fruit of a benevolent propensity of heart to being in general is virtuous love but as has been remarked a benevolent propensity of heart to being in general and a temper or disposition to love god supremely are in effect the same thing therefore if love to a created being comes from that temper or propensity of the heart it is virtuous however every particular exercise of love to a creature may not sensibly arise from any exercise of love to god or an explicit consideration of any similitude conformity union or relation to god in the creature beloved the most proper evidence of love to a created being its arising from that temper of mind wherein consists the supreme propensity of heart to god seems to be the agreeableness of the kind and degree of our love to god's end in our creation and in the creation of all things and the coincidence of the exercises of our love in their manner order and measure with the manner in which god himself exercises love to the creature in the creation and government of the world and the way in which god as the first cause and supreme disposer of all things has respect to the creature's happiness in subordination to himself as his own supreme end for the true virtue of created beings is doubtless their highest excellency and their true goodness and that by which they are especially agreeable to the mind of their creator but the true goodness of a thing as was observed before must be its agreeableness to its end or its fitness to answer the design for which it was made or at least this must be its goodness in the eyes of the workman therefore they are good moral agents whose temper of mind or propensity of heart is agreeable to the end for which god made moral agents but as has been shown the last end for which god has made moral agents must be the last end for which god has made all things it being evident that the moral world is the end of the rest of the world the inanimate and unintelligent world being made for the rational and moral world as much as a house is prepared for the inhabitants by these things it appears that a truly virtuous mind being as it were under the sovereign dominion of love to god does above all things seek the glory of god and makes this his supreme governing and ultimate end consisting in the expression of god's perfections in their proper effects and in the manifestation of god's glory to created understandings and the communications of the infinite fulness of god to the creature in the creature's highest esteem of god love to god and joy in god 
and in the proper exercises and expressions of these and so far as a virtuous mind exercises true virtue in benevolence to created beings it chiefly seeks the good of the creature consisting in its knowledge or view of god's glory and beauty its union with god and conformity to him love to him and joy in him and that temper or disposition of heart that consent union or propensity of mind to being in general which appears chiefly in such exercises is virtue truly so called or in other words true grace and real holiness and no other disposition or affection but this is of the nature of true virtue corollary hence it appears that these schemes of religion or moral philosophy which however well in some respects they may treat of benevolence to mankind and other virtues depending on it yet have not a supreme regard to god and love to him laid in the foundation and all other virtues handled in a connection with this and in a subordination to this are no true schemes of philosophy but are fundamentally and essentially defective and whatever other benevolence or generosity towards mankind and other virtues or moral qualifications which go by that name any are possessed of that are not attended with a love to god which is altogether above them and to which they are subordinate and on which they are dependent there is nothing of the nature of true virtue or religion in them and it may be asserted in general that nothing is of the nature of true virtue in which god is not the first and the last or which with regard to their exercises in general have not their first foundation and source in apprehensions of god's supreme dignity and glory and in answerable esteem and love of him and have not respect to god as the supreme end end of chapter two recording by expatriate in bangor maine